0: Hello, my name is Eva, and welcome to part four of the podcast series Who Was Bluetooth? In this series, we recount the history of the 10th century Danish king Harald Bluetooth, whose sobriquet was adopted as the name for the communication network technology that we today recognize as Bluetooth. But Before I start, I must apologize for the long delay in returning with a new episode. I've had the happy fortune of being busy at work. I am an educational consultant by profession, but this has also prevented me from upholding my schedule on what I absolutely love doing, this podcast. So, I have had to rethink, and when this episode series on Bluetooth is concluded, Future episodes will be fortnightly, and I again apologise for all these frequent schedule changes. Life just has a habit of getting in the way of best-laid plans. But now, back to the history of the day. Last time, we left off in the year of 974 with the Holy Roman Emperor, Otto II, inflicting a series of humiliating defeats on the overly stretched and overly ambitious Harald Bluetooth, who after having invaded the Holy Roman Empire right down to Saxony, was now forced to retreat to the Danish fortifications of Dänewierging with Otto's army in hot pursuit, and Otto grabbing some of that coveted arable land north of the Danish border. Now, Bluetooth's reputation had been won, partly by being a successful Viking raider in his youth, and he consolidated his reputation by maneuvering his loyal vassal, Horkon Sigurdsson, onto the throne of Norway, thereby giving Bluetooth not only warrior status, but also a very handy supply of battle-ready men. But now... Seeing Bluetooth weakened, Håkon of Norway held back those annual gifts, which in reality were heavy taxes, which Norway had to pay to Denmark. As Bluetooth returned to his royal settlements in Ribe, in West Denmark, in the winter of 974, he was seething with anger. Tracts of Jutland had been lost to his enemy in the south. Revenues had ceased to come from his so-called friend in the north, and to the east the Rus had started encroaching on his lucrative trading routes across the Baltic Sea. But at least at home he was safe, for after all had he not brought prosperity and peace and, yes, well, Christianity to the Danes. Sitting by his own hearth, he, Harald Bluetooth, was king of all he surveyed. Well, while all of this had once been true, a more comprehensive version of the truth would have been that whatever prosperity brought about by the west ferrying Vikings and the east-bound traders of his kingdom, well, that prosperity was held on to by those who actually went on expeditions. It had certainly not made the whole kingdom of Denmark happy, fed, and rich. As for Christianity, as we touched on the last time, Bluetooth and his son had been forced to convert as part of the peace treaty with Otto II's father, Otto the Great. But now Otto the Great was long since dead and Bluetooth had really done nothing to spread Christianity into villages or the strongholds of the nobles. His own vassal, King Håkon of Norway, remained a firm believer in the old Norse gods, though he too nominally had been baptised. And as the Norwegian king distanced himself from Bluetooth following Bluetooth's defeat, at the hands of the Holy Roman Empire, Håkon used as his argument that Bluetooth's failure on the battlefield was due to the Norse gods punishing him, and this led to a number of the old guard to back Håkon as he set out on his own independent course. We'll discuss Bluetooth's Christian legacy in greater detail in coming episodes, but for now... Suffice it to say that by Christmas of 976, Bluetooth was celebrating the birth of Christ in Jutland with only a few old friends at his side, but with an ever-growing group of enemies standing right behind him. One such new, if not as yet wholly uncloaked enemy was a young man known in Scandinavia as Sven Twiskeg, known in English as Sven Forkbeard. Described by a medieval chronicler as a rebellious, hot-headed pagan, despite Sven Forkbeard being baptized, Sven Forkbeard was even in his youth known as a great leader of Viking raids. This young man had grown to be Bluetooth's greatest hope and greatest worry, for Sven Forkbeard was Bluetooth's firstborn son and heir. If you were to traverse the history of medieval Scandinavia and even venture back into the realm of legends, one thing would stand out to you the complicated relationships enjoyed between fathers and sons on the various thrones of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden it was ever, ice and fire, many versus one. And by this I mean that invariably there would be a stony father excelling in patience with blood cold as ice. This father would forever be confronted by a hot-headed son with the fire of ambition coursing through his body. In the high medieval age, Religion was frequently a source of contention in Europe, and so it was in Scandinavia, with either father or son regaling in the old ways of the many gods, while the other, out of personal or political conviction, might be drawn to the religion of a singular god. And so it was with Bluetooth and Svent Forkbeard. Bluetooth not in any way remembered by contemporary historians for his warm demeanour. He had been forced to convert to Christianity and was content enough to be Christian when it came to peace or trade negotiations. But Sven Forkbeard liked nothing better than to proclaim his veneration of the old Norse gods. By 980, the two had essentially formed their own factions with Sven and his allies undermining Bluetooth at every turn, attacking the king's tax collectors, relaying important messengers just a little too late, and preventing visitors from reaching the king just a little too long. The exact reasons why father and son turned against each other are unclear, but the 12th century Danish chronicle, written by the Dane Saxo, and the histories written by the 11th-century chronicler Adam of Bremen point to two main causes for the friction. The first was Bluetooth's reluctance to relinquish any real or perceived power to his son. Now that tale is as old as time itself and seen throughout history in all kinds of disastrous variations, from Herod, the first century BCE king of Judea, to solomon the Magnificent, to the conflicts in the Plantagenets of England. So reason number one was given as ambition. The chronicler Saxo, he of the Danish chronicles, claimed that the second cause for the friction was Bluetooth's insistence on using his battle-hardened Vikings and sailors as manual labour for his building projects. The men found this work deeply humiliating as they were roped together like beasts and made to walk across Jutland while pulling heavy stones behind them. One of the reasons given for their deep dislike of this task was that when some of the Vikings died along the way because of exertions or accidents, their deaths were deemed shameful because they did not die with a sword in their hands. They grumbled, but Bluetooth would have none of it, insisting that they carry the stones that would later be carved into runestones that I will talk about in the next episode. Unrest was brewing. And legend has it that Bluetooth became aware of the very real threat that these men, and by extension, Sven posed, on one pivotal journey. When Bluetooth ordered, a giant runestone moved from East Jutland to Jelling, a journey of some 50 miles. Bluetooth happily and proudly surveyed his warriors laboriously pulling the stone and as he stood on a ridge, looking across the grumbling warriors, he asked one of his men if they had ever witnessed anything so gigantic being pulled by mere men. Bluetooth posed this question to a man who had once been very loyal to him, but who now, embittered to the bone, answered, I have seen Sven Forkbeard pull the power of Denmark from you, my king. You may judge yourself which was the mightier load, the stone, or your kingdom. The disgruntled men complained to Sven Forkbeard, who vocally sided with them to such an extent that Bluetooth was forced to abandon his building visions. And instead of gratitude for having been pulled off the assignment, Bluetooth's men chided him For having wasted their time, and their thanks were instead directed at Sven Forkbeard. It soon became clear that Bluetooth was isolated in his own kingdom, for as friction turned into skirmishes between his decreasing number of loyal men and Sven's increasing group of allies, Bluetooth was to discover just a little too late that Sven had taken those small offerings of power that Bluetooth had granted him and turned them into a deadly threat. Next time, Harald Bluetooth's network is unfixed and a new king rises. I hope you liked this episode. If yes, please consider subscribing to this podcast Restless Times in History. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.